like to welcome you to the house of the Lord this morning. I hope you enjoyed that music as much as I did. And I know that the Lord appreciates the efforts that the women put forth to be able to play that music and and uh, be as soothing to us as, uh, as it is. I hope it is to you as it is to me. Uh, there will be class tonight, 5 o'clock. And uh, anybody, any more? Kenny, are you all going to be going traveling this week? Or? No, that's just another week away. Which you can start thinking about them early. Uh, let's open our hymnals to 557. We'll stand and sing this, and Roger will offer the invocation. Stand, please. Our kind Father in heaven, <clears throat> into this house, this sanctuary, we beg for your Holy Spirit, knowing full well that where we are gathered, if we come with the right mindset, the, that broken heart and contrite spirit, that your spirit may not be, cannot be withheld from us. We also ask, Father, that you will shore up Kenny and give him strength. Give him that clear thought and fluent speech. We know that he has studied out what he wants to present to us. May we have that willing mindset and, then, and engulf those words that he has to say, knowing that they are following your dictates 
And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. For a call to worship this morning, I would like to read uh, uh, the first chapter of the letter that Paul wrote to the people in Corinth. And as Kenny stands up here this morning and brings us a message, he could be saying the same thing to us this morning as what I'm going to read right now. Now I beseech you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that you there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Brother Tankian. I'm going to read Alma 20. 21 through 24, and I want you to listen to the importance of armor. And when the armies of the Lamanites saw that the people of Nephi, or that Moroni, had prepared his people with breastplates and with arm shields, and also shields to defend their heads, and also they were dressed with thick clothing. Now the army of Zarahemna was not prepared with any such thing. They had only their swords, their scimitars, their bows, their arrows, and their stones, and their slings. But they were not armed with breastplates nor shields. Therefore, they were exceedingly afraid of the armies of the Nephites because of their armor notwithstanding their numbers being so much greater than the Nephites. <clears throat> Open your handle to 578. We love thy kingdom, Lord.
Well, Kay and I just celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary and we had a great trip to Colorado Springs and laughed a lot and ate a lot of good food. And I got to thinking, my life couldn't have been any better. Our marriage couldn't have been any better. That's what I thought until I did some research in the scriptures this week. And I see that might not be the case. In 1 Corinthians 7:38, it says, this is out of the Bible. He that giveth himself in marriage doeth well, but he that giveth himself not in marriage doeth better. Now, what kind of a message is that? <laughs> but the bride is blessed beyond measure. No, I just threw that in. <clears throat> the first part of that is true, Cain. Years ago, uh, I wanted to watch a, uh, an Oklahoma State football game, so I had to record it. I wasn't at home. Before I watched it, though, I learned the outcome of the game. Oklahoma State won. So naturally, I was, I was glad, but I still wanted to watch the game. And during the game, even though fumbles might have occurred or interceptions, they didn't worry you as much because you knew the outcome, because I, I knew the outcome of the game. Isn't that the way that, that we are? We know the outcome of this life and the world as we know it. Jesus is victorious. The forces of good prevail. We already know that, but we still have to play the game. We still have to fight battles in our life daily. <clears throat> now, my talk this morning is about the armor of God, the protection that he provides us. And aren't you glad that we don't have to put on a full physical armor of God every day the way Roman soldiers used to have to? Now, even though God's spiritual armor is invisible, it's just as protective as the Roman soldiers' physical armor. And really, even a lot more effective. <clears throat> Jesus defeated every enemy when he was here upon this earth. <clears throat> Especially when he died and rose again on the third day. He defeated death. But he knew that we would have to face battles daily. So he wanted to provide for us the spiritual protection, spiritual armor. And with that armor, we can withstand any any evil that might come upon us. But what is the full armor of God? Well, it's, it's described very well in 
Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. Paul writes, My brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. <clears throat> we have to be wearing the whole armor of God. And that way there won't be any weaknesses in our defense. Stand therefore having your loins girt about you with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I'm, I don't know why he didn't just write peace, but with the preparation of peace that must be contrasted with preparation against the preparation of war. Above all, take upon you the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. <clears throat> it just didn't say darts of the devil. It said fiery darts. That was add a little danger to, that, to the weapon of arrows. <clears throat> None of the, of the individual armor pieces take any power on our own part. Paul doesn't say we need to work out three days a week. You need to at least walk 10,000 steps a day. He says these are the principles that will defend you. This is my armor that I provide for you. Let's start off with the, the belt of truth. The belt of truth is so important for us to know the truth because there are so many people out there that believe part of the truth, but they don't have all of the truth. They don't have the fullness of the gospel. They don't have all of the scriptures that we have. <clears throat> there are people out there in churches that, that teach once saved, always saved. They think once Jesus, since Jesus died for their sins, they could do anything they want. They're still go, going to heaven because they've accepted Jesus. That's not the whole truth. <clears throat> the truth is important for us to know. As a soldier was preparing for battle, he might have on a, a long, longer robe, making it uh, not easy to maneuver, but that belt cinched up their garments, not just Roman soldiers, but other armies. And once they had their belt on, it would also hold other war weapons, like the sword. The belt was very important, but even more important than the physical items mentioned here 
is the principle that it represents, the truth. Now, the physical belt would protect the loins and a lot of vital organs. The truth can protect us against Satan. He hates the truth. He's the father of lies. He will never tell us the truth. So we can rely on him. That's his nature. He will always lie. Deception is one of his oldest tactics and weapons. Look how he deceived Adam and Eve through deception. How can we know the truth? We're bombarded every day of our life with, if you want to be successful in life, you'll make a lot of money. You'll have fame. You'll have power. You need to pursue power. Or pleasure is the most important thing in your life. But the truth is, as Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, a soldier was not ready for battle unless he was wearing his belt. And a, Roman's, a Roman soldier's belt was made of metal, thick, heavy leather, and carrying place for the sword. It also had a protective piece hanging down in front. His belt had all of the, it, it secured all of the other pieces of armor. When he wore the belt, it meant he was ready to face the enemy. And truth is that belt that holds our armor together as well. Ultimate truth can only be found in God's word and in the person of Jesus Christ. We must know the truth to protect against our flesh, the world, and Satan. Truth connects us to Jesus Christ. <clears throat> How are we to know the truth? Separating it from lies. Well, Moroni does a good job of, of explaining it. Chapter 10, starting, chapter 7, starting at 10. All things which are good cometh of God, and that which is evil cometh of the devil. For the devil is an enemy to God, and fighteth against him continually, and inviteth and enticeth to sin, and to do that which is evil continually, but that which is of God inviteth and enticeth to do good continually. Everything which inviteth and enticeth to do good and to love God and to serve him is inspired of God. Take heed that you do not judge that which is evil to be of God and that which is of God to be evil. For behold, the Spirit of Christ is given to every man that they may know good from evil. 
that we may know the truth. <clears throat> How we start our day is so important in defeating evil in our life and fighting temptations throughout the day. Reading the scriptures is the best way to know the truth. Not just reading them, but praying for understanding. I know we've all read the scriptures, and as we reread them, we find a, a different meaning, a more deeper meaning, and that's probably because things have happened in our life that make those words and the meaning behind the words more real, more impactful for our life and gives us a deeper meaning. The scriptures are our true roadmap to God's kingdom. It's the best manual for life that we could hope for. No matter what struggles we go through in our life, there's answers in the scriptures, solutions to every problem that we could face. The next item is the breastplate of righteousness. Why is it important? It's a vital piece of equipment. It symbolifies, symbolizes righteousness. How do we become righteous? It's by serving Jesus Christ and keeping his commandments. The shield guards the heart. That's our soul. The devil hates our soul. He hates righteousness. In a battle, a wound to the chest could be fatal instantly. That's why the breastplate covering the heart and lungs and other organs were so vital. In the opening scripture, you heard that the Lamanites feared the armor that included the breastplates because they, they saw they weren't prepared and they knew the, the armors of Moroni were prepared. Our breastplate is his righteousness. His righteousness will never fail. We have no righteousness within ourselves, of ourselves. It comes from our Heavenly Father. Living a righteous life is powerful in defeating our flesh and all other enemies that we could face. Our heart is vulnerable to wickedness but our protection is the shield of righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ. You could tell in 3 Nephi chapter 3, 33, how the devil hates righteousness. And they did enter into a covenant one with another, even into that covenant which was given by them of old, which covenant was given and administered by the devil 
to combine against all righteousness. He hates it. <clears throat> Second Corinthians 5, 21. For he hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Righteousness can keep our hearts strong and pure for God. In Proverbs 4.23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. We have to protect our heart, the desires of our heart, and make sure they're pure and righteous. How can we identify unrighteousness in our lives? It might be through TV shows, movies that we choose to watch that are immoral, uh, that are against our uh, our beliefs, uh, against our morals, against our core values that should be aligned with the values that Jesus lived by when he was here. I still remember my mom saying, choose your friends wisely. She didn't make that up, of course, but it is so true. You can be influenced by bad friends. And also, you can influence others by being that good friend. Exposing ourselves to immorality can weaken the walls that God has built up around us that protect us. Number three, the sandals, or at least the protection of our feet. And our feet represents mobility, moving out in God's word, activity. Sometimes he will command us, though, to stand firm. The devil wants to affect our feet, our mobility, our actions and activities, because he wants us to stumble. Whatever we're supposed to be doing, if he can make us stumble, that's what he does. He'll always try that. He knows our weaknesses. But if we have protection around our feet, our activities, that's protection that God has provided for us. <clears throat> now, Roman soldiers used to have uh, sandals that they had very thick soles, and they had... Uh, wraps that would, uh, straps that would wrap around the ankle. And that was to hold the sandals secure to the foot, but also so the sandal wouldn't move so much and, and cause blisters. <coughs> Terrain in those times was very rocky and, and unstable, so they needed sure footing. On a battlefield, the enemy might scatter barbed spikes in order to slow the enemy down. And Satan does the same thing. He will throw temptations and uh, objects in our way, obstruction, that will keep us from accomplishing our mission that God has given us. 
Satan wants to, us to stumble and fall so we can be an example, a bad example for follower of Christ. He wants chaos in our life, not peace. But peace is not necessary, just the absence of chaos or turmoil. It's allowing us to be at peace when there's chaos all around us, that we can make good decisions, that we can be an example that stands firm in the gospel. <clears throat> now the importance of peace is shown in Proverbs 16, 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Number four. The shield of faith. How important is faith in your life? Now the Roman soldiers, their shield was a complex combination maybe of metal, really hard, impenetrable wood, uh, maybe covered with a heavy cloth or leather. Their shield could even be dipped in water to extinguish uh, flaming arrows shot by the enemy. Faith is the shield of the Christian. To remain steadfast, we must put our trust in the power of God to protect us. And that's probably the best defensive piece of armor in a battle. At least, if not the most important, it's very important. To remain steadfast, we need to put our trust in God's power and protection. And when battles of, of life are all around us, we should remember that God works for good in all things. He's always true to his promises. Now the shield could fend off arrows and spears and sword. Our shield of faith guards us against one of Satan's deadliest weapons, doubt. He can shoot arrows of doubt at us when we don't think that God is acting quick enough to solve our problem, to answer our prayers. Faith and doubt do not mix. Now our faith, shield of faith, deflects all kinds of arrows from, from Satan and makes them fall harmlessly to the side. And when the fiery darts of Satan are shot at us, we need to deflect them with reminders of God's goodness. What are some of the promises that are comforting when we're under attack by the devil? One would be Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy, he will never forsake you. He will meet your needs in Philippians 
and in John, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And in Psalms, call on him and he will answer. And in Proverbs, he will make your path straight. I've seen in, in movies where a group of soldiers with shields are all hovered down and their shields are put up in place to protect the group. They were linked together. And isn't that the way that we're supposed to be too? Linked together <coughs> in faith, supporting each other when someone needs it or when you need it. The best way is to band together through fellowship with the saints. Number five, the helmet of salvation. This may be the most important bit of armor right there. Because in battle, a soldier's head was the most vulnerable to immediate injury and death. Without the helmet, a soldier was in peril because a blow to the head could be fatal. Now, a soldier's helmet covered not just his head, but his, his whole head, his face, and even down between his eyes. All other bits of armor are useless without the helmet. The helmet of salvation is the most critical piece of our army, of our armor also. Now, salvation, uh, the dictionary says, it's the act of saving or protecting from harm, risk, loss, or destruction. Deliverance from the penalty of sin. That's salvation. The helmet of salvation protects the head where thought and knowledge reside. It helps defend us in the battle of our mind. Our actions begin as thoughts. First Corinthians says, have the mind of Christ. We can't survive without, without that. Number six, The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. <clears throat> All other bits of armor here are defensive in nature, but not the sword. The sword is offensive. What can we do with the Word of God? The sword is the spiritual defense. The sword is a spiritual offensive weapon in our armor of God. It can strike against Satan. 
And the sword, we know it to be a deadly weapon. Every other bits of armor here can keep us safe from the wiles of the devil. But the sword gives us a chance to attack. We have enemies, an enemy on the inside of our soul, desiring evil, lust, all forms of variations of sin. How do we deal with that enemy? Well, Galatians says, Walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And in Hebrews 4, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of the body and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The sword is a powerful offensive weapon. The word of God is that weapon. When Jesus was tempted by Satan in the desert, he used scripture. Thus it is written, Men shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Satan's tactics haven't changed over the eons of time. So the sword or the word of God is still our best Offensive weapon. <clears throat> now those are the six mentioned. But Paul doesn't stop there. Just beyond the scripture I read about the armor, he continues in Ephesians 6.18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. He just showed us how important prayer was. Prayer shows our reliance on God and his and faith in his ability to act. Our entire army armor relies completely on God's strength. Because without his presence, we're powerless in our fight against the enemy. Consider David and Goliath. Now, he might have been killed if, if he'd have been wearing the physical armor. But he relied on God, and he understood all of the spiritual armor that these pieces represent. Faith, righteousness, peace. I'm sorry, truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, and the word of God. He defeated an enemy that was several times bigger than him, stronger than him, more experienced in battle than he, that he was. His faith never, never wavered. 
Every morning when we wake up, before we do anything else, we should ask God for direction, for protection, for wisdom to make good decisions. Ask him for discipline to keep his commandments and ask that we still hear that still small voice of his spirit to guide us and direct us. And talking with God at bedtime, I'm sure God appreciates being thanked for the many blessings that he's given us every day of our life. <clears throat> Prayer is important, just as every good soldier knows how important it is to communicate with the, their commander. And God has orders for us. And we can know those orders through his word and through the Holy Spirit. Satan hates it when we pray because he, because he knows prayer strengthens us and keeps us alert to his deception. There are many ways to defeat an enemy, an army. One is by having overwhelming power. Well, God has provided us that overwhelming power. It's not from us. It's all from him, but it's at our disposal. Another way is to flank an enemy, encircle them, and look for weak spots. If we have all of these principles in our life, there are no weak, weak spots. To defeat an enemy, it helps to be on higher ground. That's our Heavenly Father. Satan always chooses the lower ground. But our commander is always on the higher ground and calls us to be on the higher ground also. Another way is to cut off supply line. We should never allow that to happen. Should never allow ourselves to be divided or separated from our spiritual power, which is God. Another way is to break the will of the enemy. Knowing these principles and living by them, our will should never be broken. We should have the confidence to stand against anything. <coughs> With all of these bits of armor and the gift of prayer, we can defeat whatever enemy might face us. And all, although the battle has already been won, it's up to us to fight individually, daily battles that we all have to face. But we shouldn't worry because we have the armor that will protect us better than any physical army. It's the armor of God. Thank you, Brother Ken. Class tonight at 5. Let's close with singing of 579, and Brother Roger will dismiss us. 579.
thing I forgot, this gives a full image of us wearing the armor of God. Holy Father, our Father and Creator, may we as friends and saints of latter day, may we be found uh, gathered together that there will be no disputations among us, that we won't seek for notoriety and attention, but that we can be uh, found as uh, one heart and one mind and truly can say at the end of our days that we have fought the good fight. And may the tools that you have given us benefit us all our days. And I ask you, Father, to be with these, your friends. In Jesus' name, amen.